Hello, and welcome back to the Everyday Trainer Podcast. My name is Meg, and I am a dog trainer. On today's episode, I want to talk with you about, you know, where I've been. So this is kind of a episode about, hey, sorry, I haven't uh, responded. Um, (laughs) A little bit of a a guilty tone there, Um, but... I'm so happy to be back. This is season two and it's going to be, you know, we only have one other season, but it's going to be the best season yet. I already have so many amazing people recorded and episodes ready to go. I actually had another episode that I was planning on publishing. Um, This is me recording the night before I was planning on publishing that episode because I felt like I I owed you kind of an explanation of where I've been. Uh, you know, in the past, I've talked about how much I love this podcast, and it's truly one of my favorite things that I've done in my business. And just having the space to be able to sit here and talk with you and, you know, be extremely transparent in everything that's kind of going on, I think that's why... You know, I've made it this far as I always try to be as transparent with everything as possible. So this is a episode dedicated to (laughs) basically me apologizing and kind of telling you everything that's been going on in my life over the past two years since I've last been here in this spot with you recording this wonderful and chaotic podcast. So thank you so much for being here. If you've listened to the previous season, um, thanks for coming back. (laughs) I hope you all have missed my voice. Um, But most importantly, I am so excited to be here, so excited to be back, and so happy to have this space to be able to share all of the knowledge that I can with you about dog training, the dog training industry, and, you know, everything in between. So let's get into it. So first things first, um, I wanted to do this episode a little bit differently than I've done episodes in the past. I am recording it as a video, and that's something that is very new to me. I feel very, very comfortable, uh, you know, talking into a microphone when I'm not being recorded on camera, but having a camera in front of me, I got to say, is a bit of a different ball game here. So hang in there. I might be a little bit awkward coming back into this first episode, but honestly, it feels really good. It feels really good to be back. So last season, um, we talked a lot about honestly everything. I, I try to be as transparent in everything that I do as possible. And I think that's why I've been able to build the community that I have and have so many amazing people who have reached out to me and told me how much you love this podcast and how you can't wait for it to be back. That truly means the world to me. This is my favorite thing to do ever. I feel like it's really the perfect space for me to be intimate. Um, 
I think sometimes on social media, I can't always be as open as I would like. It's, it's a very harsh world on social media. And I feel like this podcast is just, you know, the perfect little space. I have all of you that listen to it and I feel so close and comfortable with you. Um, and I hope that you feel the same with me too in this space. And I will continue to always be transparent about, you know, everything that I do in dog training and in my life and all the things that hopefully you all want to hear. So two years ago was about the last time that I released this podcast and You know, the reason being I could go into gory details, but essentially shit hit the fan in my life. Uh, 2020 and 2021 were some chaotic years for me. So I started my dog training business uh, in around 2017, 2018 and was doing really well for those two years. And then the pandemic hit. So My business started off as an in-home business. I had a team of trainers who were doing daily training. So daily training is where we would go to owners' houses. We would work with the dogs. We would work with the owners. We would essentially train the dog for an hour each day. Um, And once COVID hit, I really had to make the transition to board and trains. I was doing board and trains here and there, but definitely it wasn't the bread and butter of my business. My business really relied on this in-home daily dog training and I loved it. My trainers loved it. The owners loved it. Um, It was kind of the best of both worlds. You know, Uh, we would essentially do what you would do in a board and train program. Only we would go to the owner's house every day and work with the dog. So I really loved it. And, you know, once the pandemic hit and, you know, things were closing down, people didn't want strangers in their house anymore. Totally understandable. We made the shift over to board and train programs. So (laughs) if you've listened to season one of this podcast, you've probably heard me talk shit about board and train programs. I have learned to love them more, but they're still not my favorite. And here's why. So if you don't know, a board and train program is where you send your dog away to a trainer. They work with the dog um, in their home and basically your dog is immersed in a dog trainer's life. So as a dog trainer, we see all of these little details that as a dog owner, you probably miss. And I know you probably miss it because I work with a lot of owners and I'm constantly reminding them of these little things. So like A good example that I see a lot when I'm working with owners is owners will sometimes angrily call their dog over to them, right? And all this really does is you're conditioning the dog to not want to recall to you. So I always tell owners, recall, always throw a party. I don't care if your dog just chewed your favorite pairs of shoe, pairs of shoes. Um, If your dog recalls to you and if you're calling them to you, you need to throw a party. It needs to be the most exciting thing ever. And the reason being, we need our dogs to recall to us. So that's just one of those little things that a typical owner might do, you know, and they might be like, come here and use their mean dog voice to recall their dog when their dog is in trouble or doing something that they don't want them to do. Um, So that would never happen with a dog trainer, right? So when you send your dog away to a board and train program, they're really immersed in a completely new environment with a new way of communication 
because as dog trainers, it's our job to be very aware of how we're communicating and how that can kind of impact our dogs and their behavior. We're constantly training our dogs, whether you want to believe it or not. Um, It's just a matter of what are you training them? Um, Are you training them for behaviors that you want? Or are you accidentally training behaviors that you don't want? So board and trains are, uh, I've learned to like them a little bit more and I feel like, (laughs) I feel slightly obligated to tell you that I do like them uh, because that's what we're offering right now. Um, so I feel like I would be doing a disservice to my business if I (laughs) continued to talk shit about the programs that we offer. But with that being said, I have to say that we have the best board and train program that I've seen. And maybe I'm a little biased, but this is because of my team. I have the best team out there. I have the group this amazing group of compassionate, driven women who care so much about these dogs and the owners. And I'm literally going to cry just like thinking about them. Um, If you listen to the last, you know, bootleg podcast episode, they put that together for me for my birthday. And I was literally speechless. They are just They're truly the most amazing group of people. And because of that, we have the most amazing board and train program. Now, we do things a little bit differently than I think a lot of other dog trainers do. I am not big on obedience. I joke that (laughs) if given the option, I would never train obedience. I would just need nature and a slip lead to train a dog Um, So we do things a little bit differently and sometimes it's a tough sell to owners because oftentimes they think of dog training as obedience, right? I want an obedient dog. I want a dog who does sit down, stay. And while we do all of those things, it's not the focus of our program. The focus of our training and our, all of our programs is going to be the dog's state of mind. And there's good reason for that. So over the past two years, I have had about as much chaos as you could possibly imagine. Someday I'm going to write a book about all of these experiences that I've had. And, you know, I don't know if this is just the hand that I was dealt, but my life is truly chaotic in the best way and sometimes the worst way. But over these past two years, it has really been uh, just one thing after the other, which is why this podcast has really had to take, you know, the back burner. So the most important thing to me always is going to be one, taking care of my people. My people mean the absolute world to me and I would do anything for them. I kind of joke that I would be perfectly fine living out of my van (laughs) and you know, having nothing if I could support them and make sure that they lived good lives. So that's one of the most important things to me. And then of course, taking care of the dogs and taking care of the owners. And, you know, over the past two years, although this podcast is my favorite thing ever, once, you know, shit really hit the fan for me personally and in my business, 
I had to fall back on my non-negotiables for myself to really keep me going through this. So as much as I wanted to really focus on the podcast and focus on my online training community and, you know, following through with all of these things, I wasn't doing what I preach to everybody, which is, you know, showing up for yourself so that you can show up for everybody around you and show up for your dog. And our dog's behaviors are a direct reflection of, you know, our state of mind. And if you're not mindful yourself, your dog's not going to be mindful. And if you're not calm and confident yourself, your dog's not going to be calm and confident. So I always tell owners, I want you to act how you want your dog to act. Well, I wasn't necessarily following through on my own advice and I ended up getting really sick and ended up in the hospital for a few days. And while I was in the hospital, my house flooded the house that I was, you know, training dogs out of. This was just the beginning of, you know, lockdown and COVID and all of that kind of stuff. So a lot of, (laughs) a lot of shit happened in uh, 2020 and 2021. And this stuff really had to take the back burner as much as I love sitting here with you and talking all things dog training. um, I really had to fall back on those non-negotiables. And for me, that is meditation and therapy and being in touch with the people closest to me. And, you know, my kind of default is when things get difficult, I love, I love to run away and I love to isolate. And these past two years have uh, really taught me that that is not always the best solution to all of your problems. Shocking enough. So I'm back here with you today because, you know, I've come to this realization. I'm back. I'm feeling good. We're taking care of ourselves. And because of that, I'm able to show up for you all. And I'm able to show up for my trainers and all the dogs that come to us for training. But this episode isn't just about me personally and, you know, kind of where I've been, I also feel like I've grown so much as a dog trainer over the past two years as well. I feel like I've aged honestly like 10 years. I feel like I've been in this industry for multiple lifetimes. (laughs) Um, But I have a very, I don't want to say different, a more mature perspective on dog training than I think I did in season one of this podcast. So I would love to share kind of what I'm seeing now in the dog training industry and, you know, how I think I fit into this puzzle and my business fits into this puzzle. So one thing that we saw over the past two years is the rise of all of these pandemic dogs, right? So we were all stuck at home and so many people got dogs, which obviously I support. I have 
four personal dogs. So I'm never going to tell somebody, no, I don't think, I don't think you need another dog. Right. Um, so we saw a lot of pandemic dogs. People are home alone. They decided to get a dog. And while I love that, I love that more people are getting dogs. It did come with a price. So I've done a previous episode. I think it's an episode with Clayton where we talked about kind of the culture of dog training and dog ownership and why it really needs to shift. Well, I've seen it shift even more so uh, over the past two years since we've all gotten these pandemic dogs. The dogs that have been coming to us have been extremely anxious, extremely fearful. Uh, Pretty much all of them have separation anxiety. Pretty much all of them have reactivity. And I genuinely believe that this is because of two things. One, our dogs are a direct reflection of us. And I talk about this all the time and talk about, you know, this is why we got to take care of ourselves and be mindful ourselves. Because if you're not mindful, your dog's just going to be a direct reflection of you and they're going to be impulsive and do all those things that you don't like. So act how you want your dogs to act. Um, And then the other thing is our dogs have become even more so the center of our universe. And as somebody who's literally sitting on their couch with both of their dogs on their couch next to them, obviously this is like, I'm just as guilty of it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, but this leads to some really problematic dogs and it truly breaks my heart to see so many dogs come to us who are so just ill prepared to function in the world because we haven't taught them that they aren't the center of the world. So what happened is a lot of these owners got dogs and they stayed home with them and you know, because we're bored and we're lonely, we spent all of our time with our dogs. But the time we spent with our dogs wasn't necessarily the most productive. What most people were doing is literally just sitting at home, petting their dog all day long, never teaching their dog to, you know, go to like a place caught and stay even on the other side of the room. Nobody was crating their dogs. And so what this is doing is it was just teaching dogs that they never had to be alone. It wasn't preparing them to be alone. Um, It wasn't preparing them for their owners to have any sort of life outside of them. And for a period of time, I was doing a lot of virtual sessions. So I was talking to owners from all over the world really. And it was getting to the point where some folks weren't even leaving their house anymore, even after, you know, the world kind of opened back up again, because they have these dogs who are so insecure and literally cannot function if the owner walks into another room or the owner leaves the house. And I've talked to so many owners who were getting groceries delivered even past the pandemic and who wouldn't go out to dinner, who stopped seeing their friends because their dogs would get so anxious anytime they left the house. And that was simply because they hadn't prepared them. They haven't trained them for that sort of thing. 
And so this makes me really sad um, because, you know, I, I kind of feel like it's my job to educate people and teach them that we're loving our dogs wrong. <laughs> um, we're loving our dogs in a way that is not healthy for them. And it's really, really sad to see so many dogs struggling with all the same issues And these issues just stem from a lack of boundaries, a lack of structure, and endless amounts of love and affection. And while there's nothing obviously wrong with love and affection, if that's the entire basis of the relationship that you have with your dog, it it becomes very unbalanced. So just like any relationship that you have, there's going to be conflict conflict is okay. Um, You need boundaries. Boundaries are healthy for everybody. And we're really good at doing this with other humans. But when it comes to our dogs, all those boundaries really go out the window, right? So what I was seeing is really this epidemic of dogs who were so insecure away from their owners, who were terrified of the world, who were just living in constant anxiety and it truly just breaks my heart. I, I hate to see it. So some ways that we can kind of combat this, and I know that we're, you know, past the pandemic and, you know, on the other side of that and people's lives are back to normal, but there are a lot of lessons here in how we live with our dogs that I think are kind of still continuing and I'm still seeing it in a lot of dogs that come to us for training. We've put our dog's needs over everything. And I kind of talk about, you know, the importance of taking care of yourself so that you can show up for everybody around you. And that's really, really important for me because I see what happens when we put our dog's needs before everything else This really just affects our dogs negatively, kind of doing the opposite of what our intentions are because we're not properly preparing them for life. We never expect them to be uncomfortable. I see this a lot with crate training. Owners feel really bad for crating their dogs because they don't necessarily like it. But we can teach them to like it and we can teach them to overcome any sort of difficult thing. Um, But we've gotten, and I say we as owners, I'm kind of, I'm speaking for all of the owners that I kind of see and interact with as owners. um, You know, we're not really preparing our dogs for life and it's affecting them. It's making them really, really anxious It's like when you meet somebody who has been babied their whole life and uh, anything like really minor happens to them and they just can't handle it. They can't handle any form of stress. And I know that's one thing that's really popular right now is like cold water therapy. And cold water therapy is so useful because it's important for our bodies to be stressed and to overcome that stress. And it's the same thing for our dogs. But for whatever reason, when it comes to our dogs, we don't ever want them to be uncomfortable. We don't ever want them to be in a position of stress. So 
we don't create them. We don't leave the house. We avoid everything that makes them uncomfortable because that's what we're told to do. We're told that you're a bad dog owner if you, you know, leave your house and you have a dog that has separation anxiety. I can't tell you how many, (laughs) uh, you know, dog trainers who don't really have like the same beliefs that I do. I I can't tell you how many owners that I've talked to that have worked with these trainers that tell them, well, the only way to not have separation anxiety is to not have separation, which I think is wild. So we want to prepare our dogs to overcome something that makes them uncomfortable. If the crate makes you uncomfortable, it's a perfect opportunity to teach you that just because something makes you uncomfortable doesn't mean it's bad or negative and you can overcome that uncomfy feeling. We can create new associations to it. This is what a lot of owners are missing out on is you're being told that you're a bad dog parent if your dog is ever uncomfortable, but we're putting our own needs aside. And I see this because I work with so many dogs and owners and I've seen owners get dragged down the street on harnesses because their force free trainer told them to use a harness and that things like slip leads and prong collars are mean. Um, you know, to me, what's mean is having an owner that is suffering so much because if you're an owner and you're struggling and you're stressed, that's just going to carry over to your dog and your dog is going to be a direct reflection of your state of mind and how you feel. So, That's really what I've seen over the past two years of, you know, I I kind of foreshadowed and warned people of this, of, hey, I see where the dog industry is going. I don't love it. And I don't love it not because of, you know, I don't love dogs. I don't love it because I do love dogs. And I see so many dogs that are struggling with, anxiety and fearfulness and it just truly breaks my heart whereas you know if we gave our dog structure and leadership and discipline and we think of discipline as like a bad thing but discipline is not bad at all people need discipline and you'll find that when you give these things to your dog they love and respect you so much more than they ever would if you were just showering them with praise and toys every single day. And I I mean, just think about, you know, raising a child as well. I am very grateful that I have two amazing parents who, (laughs) again, I might be a little biased, but I think they raised me pretty well. And, you know, I wasn't being showered with presents or toys all the time. We didn't grow up in a big house or with a lot of money, but they taught me discipline and they taught me structure and we had boundaries and they taught me how to be a functioning member of society. And I would love that. And I respect them so much more for that than I would if, you know, they were buying me toys or the latest iPod or whatever it may be. My relationship with them is so great because they did prepare me for life. And because of that, I'm able to sit here with you and run a successful dog training business. So 
while I don't always love to compare people to dogs, I think in this instance, it is really valuable because when we think about people that we really look up to and respect, uh, they're often practicing a lot of self-discipline and have structure and boundaries and look out for their space and have taught themselves how to overcome things that make them uncomfortable. And I want us to do the same thing for our dogs. And another big shift that I've seen just on kind of dog trainer social media, I have to say I am the worst social media person. I do not like to consume dog training content because I don't want to I don't want to be influenced by the internet when I'm learning so much from the owners and the dogs that we work with. I don't want to be influenced by the things that almost aren't real. So I have to give a little bit of disclaimer. Social media dog training is not real. It's not. And what you're seeing on social media is just a tiny, tiny, tiny little fraction of what dog training actually is. Um... And kind of the dog training that I see when I do decide to, you know, consume things on social media is I'm seeing a lot of this. Your dog should never be uncomfortable. Everything should be this amazing, positive experience. Um, Love your dog all the time, endlessly. And, you know, shower them with toys and high value treats. (laughs) And I don't love that. I don't love that because people like me, people who, you know, I guess who are like balanced trainers and believe in having structure and discipline with dogs are really perceived as the bad guy when in reality, We have owners who are coming to us literally crying about how happy they are and how their lives can go back to, you know, balance and they can, you know, feel good and confident handling their dog and how they just feel so empowered through this sort of training, all of the structure and discipline and even sometimes tools we use uh, slip leads and e-collars in our training. And it really is a way to empower owners. And, you know, a lot of them kind of come to me and have either tried, you know, force-free trainers or have tried things that they've seen on the internet. I think so many owners are doing so much research, but there's just a lot of really impractical advice out there because, dog trainer social media truly is not real. And I think it's important to be mindful of who you take advice from because the advice that I would give is different from the advice that I see a lot of on the internet just because I am working with owners and I am working with a lot of dogs. So Be mindful of the people that you take advice from and make sure that they are actually working with general population people and they are working with dogs actively because that has a huge influence on what they're going to tell you. And it's very easy to, I guess, sit in front of your phone or sit in front of a camera and tell 
people what they should be doing. Um, but it's another thing to see it happen in real time with real people face to face, people who have been struggling with their dogs to come to us and tell us how grateful they are for all of these newfound structures and boundaries and the things that they never thought they would want to do with their dogs, they're doing. And I mean things as simple as walking the dog at heel, you know? I think so many of us walk our dogs uh, with them out in front of us, and I'm really big on the walk as the foundation of our training, and we're all about relationship. So if the dog is walking 10 feet out in front of you, they're not really paying attention to you. There's no real relationship there. If I teach a dog to walk at heel with me, they're going to pay attention to me, uh, and they're going to be looking to me for guidance. And in them looking for guidance, they're going to start to trust me and we're going to start to form that relationship. So teaching owners this, teaching owners, you know, the small things of every time you walk through a door, take that as an opportunity to have your dog check in with you. It seems tedious. It seems monotonous. It seems like we're being too strict, but it leads to more freedom for you and your dog. Truly. So while I say things that owners wouldn't picture themselves doing, I mean stuff like that, the little stuff, walking at heel, pausing at thresholds, crating your dog during the day, that's a big one. Nobody wants to crate their dog. The crate is so valuable, guys. It is literally your dog's space to go and relax and shut off their brain. Our dogs really do struggle to kind of settle on their own, and the crate is an amazing place to be able to teach them how to do that. So when I talk to owners and talk to them on the phone, that's usually the biggest pushback that I get is owners don't want to crate their dogs. They think that's mean. How dare I put my dog in a crate? But once we teach them the benefits and they see the benefits of what happens with a crate schedule and all of this structure, they're just internally grateful. So this is my space to really be like intimate and honest with you and I have to be honest, dog training on the internet is not real. (laughs) And maybe I'm just being a hater, but it's just something that I see as somebody who is working with dogs and owners on the daily. And I feel like the things that I say kind of go against what we're all being fed. And when I talk to owners, they tell me all the things that they're trying and they're doing too much you're doing too much. We have an abundance of information out there. So my approach to dog training is really to keep it as simple as possible. It does not have to be complicated. It does not have to be intimidating. Um, and also to really focus on ourselves and focus on how we can be mindful how we can show up as the best version of ourselves because that is going to allow us to show up as the best version for our dogs and for, you know, everybody else that you, (laughs) that you come across in your life. Um, and I'm here right now, two years later with you because I did not do those things. 
And because of that, this had to take the back burner. Um, my business was not as good as it could have been. My relationships with the people around me weren't as good as they could have been. So this is my advice to you coming back is take care of yourself because that is truly the best thing and the most impactful thing that you can do to benefit your dog and the world around you. So before I leave you for next week, I have to share a few recent updates for you that I am very excited about and I talked about in season one two years ago. Um, But I'm back and I have a, a community. I have a dog training community online. This has been something that I've been working towards for literally years. I love working with owners and dogs in person, but I have this feeling that I'm meant to reach more people than just that. And I think that the more people that I can reach, the more dogs I can save and the more owners I can help. And that's really why I'm here. I don't think too many people get to say that they've found their life's purpose. But I have. I truly believe that. And because of that, I created an online community of dog trainers like you to join and learn from us and how we train dogs and watch these podcast videos. So I'll definitely put a link in the show notes to that. If you would like to join our online dog training community, you'll get access to all of our training guides. We're doing weekly mini video courses. You get the podcast full-length, unedited version of this podcast Um, and forums so that you can talk with other dog owners like yourself and chat with me. Um, This is something, like I said, that I've been working on for years and (laughs) I finally put it together and feel so good about it and I'm so so happy that this is something that I can offer for you guys because at the end of the day, my goal is really to educate and empower you as much as I can. And so as many resources as I can provide to you, I will. Um, we got something else. We're selling our leashes now. So I previously had launched a store and it was with leashes that I didn't necessarily love, but I have to say I love my leashes now. Love. So we sell uh, 10 foot slip leads 
So if you've ever seen me walking with the dogs with, you know, the big slip lead that wraps around me with like the crossbody loop, we sell those now. And they're kind of like my brand, which is just so wild to me. And as I'm sitting here recording this podcast, I'm, you know, reflecting on the past two years and kind of how far I've come and we've come in this business. And I'm, I'm honestly shocked, but I'm incredibly grateful for everything and everybody who has kind of made this happen and supported me along the way. But we're selling leashes now and uh, Mountain Dog Products is who makes our leashes. Charles is the owner of Mountain Dog Products and he is an amazing human being and I am honored to work with him and grow with him and sell the leashes that he makes to you because he's truly a wonderful human being and I'm sure you all know that that kind of stuff is really important to me. Um, It's very important that I have amazing human beings on my staff and that all of the businesses that we support are amazing human beings and compassionate and, you know, care about dogs and owners and the earth. So yeah, that's what's new. We have our membership community and we have our leashes and soon we're going to have even more stuff in the store And I don't want to get you all too excited about that, but we have some really cool things coming very soon. So as soon as I have updates and some solid dates on those, I will obviously share more with you because this podcast, like these are my people, you guys are, you know, my close knit people and I will always share as much as I can with you. So If you'd love to join our community, you can do so. I'll share this in the show notes. We would love to have you. Uh, If you would like to purchase a leash from us, you can also do that. I'll share that in the show notes. But everything is on our website at theeverydaytrainer.com. You can follow me on Instagram, if you don't already, at theeverydaytrainer. And I am also on TikTok at Everyday Trainer. So know the. Uh, that's another thing that <laughs> I recently had to go through is my TikTok was deleted for about a week. And to tell you that I had an identity crisis, <laughs> I had a bit of an de- identity crisis. I have to say I love TikTok a little bit more than Instagram. And uh It's been a really fun little community and it got deleted for a period of time. I lost everything because TikTok thought that I was under 13 years old. So I had to jump through all these hoops and report my account going missing for, you know, the past five days to be able to get it back. But I just got it back today. This is literally the night before I'm posting this podcast and I already kind of said this in the beginning, but I wanted to do this a little bit differently just because it is me coming back. And this is my, hey guys, sorry I haven't talked to you in a while. Here's kind of what's been going on. Um, So yeah, I'm so excited for this season of the podcast. 
I already have a few episodes recorded and ready to go. And I know that you guys are going to love them so much. And before I go, I have to say thank you so much for being here and taking the time to listen to me and show up for me. It truly means everything to me. So thank you so much for joining me and I'll see you next time.